today, and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you have joined us. I think we were all hoping that by Labor Day this year, the pandemic would be largely under control thanks to vaccines. Unfortunately, I think by now we all know that's just not the case. And that means a lot of our plans for Labor Day weekend are changing. That's true also for one of the events that defines Labor Day weekend for so many of us here in Detroit, the Detroit Jazz Fest. Their organizers were hoping hoping to return to in-person performances this year, but they decided earlier this month to switch to an all-virtual format, similar to what the festival did last year. WDET will air performances live, and audience members can also stream the festival live online, or through the Detroit Jazz Fest live app. Here to talk about the new format, the decision to go virtual, and what we can expect from this year's outstanding festival is Chris Collins. He is the Detroit Jazz Fest president and artistic director. Chris, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me, Stephen. I appreciate it. So uh, what were you originally planning for this year's Jazz Fest before this current COVID surge. I know that uh, there was a lot of optimism about the chance to bring people back together in the spaces around downtown where the festival takes place, but but tell us what it was going to look like. Well, I, I was uh, very optimistic from the beginning of the year, although I heeded uh, a, a very uh, important statement that uh, our own uh, President M. Roy Wilson said at the town hall where he he commented, we all, we're all optimistic, but any of us would be foolish to turn our backs on the potential threats of what's going on. So we were, we were that much more uh, committed to following the advice of our advisors and, and working closely with the state and city health departments and so on from the beginning of the year. And there was a point in the last surge, we were, we were really convinced we were going to go virtual again, unfortunately. Um, and then you know, a window opened and we spoke with a, a lot of uh, folks and uh, we, we looked at things. We created some very uh, creative and valuable uh, protocols on the footprint for social distancing and overflow areas and things like that. And as you know, we decided after a long uh, you know, contemplation to go to an in-person. Uh, what happened after that all kind of, you know, happened within a very short period of time. I, uh, there were some logistic uh, challenges that we faced on the footprint and throughout the city, and uh, it resulted in uh, our footprint being uh, reduced, which then impeded on our social distancing protocols and things that I just made the final decision. It was way too much threat to our community and our citizenry. And uh, as you know, the festival's uh, uh, priority of health and safety for 42 years has been number one. So we decided that uh, we're not going to wedge it in just to make it happen. We have the technology and we have the luxury of not having an admission fee. So we were able to go virtual. And as you said, like last year, we reached uh, nearly a million unique viewers in 32 countries around the world. It proved to be a valuable export of Detroit artistry and uh, and the beauty of what we do every year at the Detroit Jazz Festival. So we made the decision to um, to take it back in that direction. Yeah, I was going to say that, that you know, it is unfortunate that we can't, gather together the way we do each year for, you know, the great music and, and the, just the cultural dynamic, really, of, yeah. of the Detroit Jazz Fest. But, but I think we learned something really important last year through, through the ways that uh, you were able to keep things going and keep people 
involved. And in in a way, I guess I'm I'm a little less disappointed than I was last year when I when when I had no idea, I guess, what to expect uh, from from a virtual jazz fest. But but I kind of feel like you know this is not. It's definitely a compromise, but it is not. Uh, a dramatic fall off, I guess, from from the uh, from the energy and and the importance of the festival. Well, you know that's that's the key, right? We want to keep art, we want to keep jazz, we want to keep this community spirit alive in the face of anything. You know, when at all, all possible. As, as I said, we're uniquely qualified, really, in the world to pull this off. And as you saw last year, at a level of quality and excellence of audio and video high definition and the performances and the custom-built sound stages all at the Marriott, uh, we have a way of doing this that's quite special. And then I will say also, um, not only was it lauded nationally and we received awards for the quality of the broadcast, there's something special happening here in that in jazz performances, of course, you know, the best is to be in person close up and personal with the artists um but there's another piece that makes it important and that is experiencing it at the time the music happens it Mm -hmm. comes and goes if you're there you're part of it once it's gone it's gone and this format does uh capture that very well because everything is streamed live from our sound stages in detroit um it's our entire national lineup with herbie hancock and gregory porter and kenny garrett and dd bridgewater and everyone else and all our great detroit artists um, and it's only streamed live in real time. There's nothing on demand. You can't see it afterwards. So when you tune in through all these free uh, outlets that you spoke of or, or through our, our app or our website or WDET, you are going to be part of a global community experiencing those performances live in real time as they're happening at a very high level of audio and video delivery. And at that, on that level, it is going to be pretty, pretty special. And as uh, uh, one of the national magazines noted last year, it, it, it was a you know, historic moment in jazz, and we, we're looking to build on that in many ways. So there's really a lot of great things going to happen. Next mm. week. So, uh, of course, we should talk about the ways in which you're going to make sure that people are able to participate in the Jazz Fest. And one of them, of course, is that uh, WDET will broadcast Jazz Fest starting at 7 p.m. next Friday and all day Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. But you've got a lot on tap in terms of ways people can engage with this content. Talk about the the other things that uh, are happening. Indeed. Well, since this is broadcast only, we did a number of things. We wanted to meet our mission of uh, making sure the Jazz Festival is always completely available, safe, live, and free to everyone. So while we do have uh, on Google Play and the App Store our app, Detroit Jazz Fest Live, which is a $20 subscription, that's for the whole year of streaming and all kinds of things that we do on the app. But uh, we we have it on uh, the entire festival. We're talking about 40 hours plus, 12 hours a day, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and uh, Friday for the, the second half of the day, um, continuous broadcast. And so we're going to be, you can get all the information on DetroitJazzFest.org. It gives all the outlets. But, yeah, thanks to our great partners in WDET, it'll be simulcast on radio for those who may not have a good Wi-Fi connection. Uh, it'll also be on Channel 22, the Detroit Performing Arts Channel, which gives a regional uh, folks a, a easy, free access to everything. And then it'll be uh, on our YouTube live channel, our Facebook live channel, and a host of other online uh, sources, which uh, everyone can get at DetroitJazzFest.org. In this way, it's truly available to everyone for free. You won't miss a thing. There's no overlapping performances. They're all back-to-back, which is why we're going uh, on the main days from uh, you know 11.30 in the morning till well after midnight uh, with uh, with all these incredible artists. So 
uh, in addition to that, we will uh, we will have uh, some uh, large screens in the city, uh, in particular at uh, campus marshes, uh, so people can feel the presence of Jazz Fest in the city, um, uh, even though uh, you know it is being broadcast from just a couple blocks away at the uh, at the Marriott Renaissance uh, Center. Um, Place, but but you know the the bottom line is uh, when people see it, they're going to see a television level broadcast with jib cameras and multi camera shots and mm-hmm. Hollywood lighting and huge sound stages. Uh, it really it really is going to be something uh, worth checking out and available to check out. And in this case, the safest possible environment given all that we're faced with this year. Yeah, I'm talking with Chris Collins. He's president and artistic director of the Detroit Jazz Festival. We're talking about this year's jazz festival now just a week away uh, and the need to make uh, this year's festival like last year's festival virtual because of the COVID-19 surge that uh, we're experiencing. It's just not quite safe enough yet for all of us to gather in downtown Detroit the way we do each Labor Day weekend uh, for Detroit Jazz Fest. But the good news is that you will be able to listen to every uh, part of uh, the festival here on WDET through the Detroit Jazz Fest live app that the Jazz Fest uh, owns and, and through some other ways that uh, you can just ma- make sure that you are getting the experience that we all treasure so much here each year uh, of Jazz Fest. We want to hear from you during the conversation as well. You're someone who tries to attend Jazz Fest each year or most years. Uh, tell us how you feel about the virtual festival versus the in-line, in-person uh, festival. This will be the second year in a row of the virtual festival uh, because of COVID-19. Uh, also, let us know, are you looking forward maybe to uh, some of the things that are on tap for the Jazz Festival uh, this year? 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. That's 313 313- Five seven seven one zero one nine. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag uh, Detroit Today, and uh, we'll try to work you into the conversation uh, that way. Chris, uh, I want to ask you about the financial impact of not being able to do this in person, both for the Jazz Festival itself, but also for the local economy. This brings a lot of people. The downtown Detroit, as you point out, normally from all over the world, uh, we're not going to we're not going to see that happen in the same way. No, we unfortunately, you know, our economic studies show that, uh, you know, the Jazz Festival brings about 30 million dollars of economic positive impact mm-hmm. in the city of Detroit. And that that will be somewhat missed, although we still are able because because we're doing it uh, instead of, you know, you have to look at it as we're going to do it this way or it's going to be canceled. You know, those are those were the two options. Mm-hmm. We, we, we By going this way, we keep employed all of our crew, all of the artists, all of our staff and team, and many of the vendors that, you know, work on, on all the setup into that. And they'll tell you financially, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's a very expensive and challenging uh, uh, environment to go to this uh, broadcast. Only, I will tell you, as, as we speak, my team, they're running over, dig this, 18 miles of fiber optics through wow. the Marriott to allow this. And that's just one, obviously, one component of making this happen. It's a Herculean effort. And if people uh, follow us on, on Facebook and Twitter and whatnot, we're going to be doing a series of, of, uh, of live stuff while they're setting up through next 
next week so people can see this gargantuan effort and the hundreds of people that have to work together under safety protocols. And like last year, our, our hundreds of, of staff workers and, and artists, uh, several weeks after the festival, we checked, and there was not a single case of COVID traced back to the event, which is a real testament to my team's commitment to the health and safety of our crew and, and the staff and, and artists. Uh, uh, we do thank God uh, have uh, you know our, our our major our corporate sponsors uh, who have stayed with us through this move. They are the reason we're able to be free for everyone and pull this kind of thing off. Uh, J.P. Morgan Chase and our presenting sponsor, Rocket Mortgage and Ampere and Carhartt and uh, Mac Avenue, DD Energy Foundation. They all stayed with us along with many independent donors and of course our angel of jazz Gretchen Belade who sets the standard. I mean it's the only way we could do this and we're the only festival in the world that has this kind of model uh, on this why you don't see this very often and when you do you don't see it on this level of quality and excellence. So you know big kudos to all those folks who have the vision of the importance of jazz and, and art in our culture even when we're faced with with challenges like this. It's It, it made the difference between having the jazz festival in this broadcast format versus not versus not having it at all mm-hmm. and that's uh that's a that's a, a tough pill to swallow sometimes but uh, i can promise everyone the the result is going to be something they will remember they will enjoy and uh, they will be able to have uh, many of those same exciting moments sharing it with a global audience and a global community that they've had in person yeah and there's no fall off in terms of the le- the lineup here so far as so far as I can tell no no you guys come we, out we of the it. gate on Friday with uh, Herbie Hancock so uh, <laughs> there's no anyone who is doubting what the <laughs> what the star power of this might be will be put at ease instantly that's that's a big it's a big get and I, I imagine that's just going to be a mind blowing uh, concert oh it'll be incredible such a rare opportunity you know one of the great legends who's still with us we're going to great lengths of course to protect him and protect all of the artists um but patrons you know you can still get merchandise uh, at detroitjazzfest.org you can you can still uh, uh get the app we've had a number of donors just blown my mind they they bought vip tickets and things for the in person festival and they've uh even though we had the refund policies, that many have contacted us. They keep my money, use it as a donation towards making it a broadcast festival. So these kind of uh, these kind of uh, uh, you know uh, gifts from people and uh, and things have made it possible to do this and keep it as as real and organic and uh, as much of a real jazz festival as we possibly can. And then when, you know, and then when you're when you're sitting there, maybe it's in your backyard on a big screen and with your neighbors. Uh, I don't know. We have a lot of people that do that. Um, you know, Greg Porter and Kenny Garrett, Monty Alexander, and Dee Bridgewater. I mean, it's one right after the other. Uh, the Manhattan Transfer meets Take Six on stage on on, on, on Saturday night. It's going to be those kind of things. Kurt Elling's Big Blind. These are huge uh, shows that you just uh, don't see at jazz festivals and many of them have never been seen before. So it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's spectacular. And it is thanks to those who have seen their way clear to be uh, uh, generous and supporting of the Detroit Jazz Festival Foundation um, for these 42 years and see the value of what we're doing this year round. Hmm. Uh, There's one other performance I wanted to ask you about on Monday, uh, Labor Day. uh, There's this, Tribute to Charlie Parker, who uh, would be yeah. 100 uh, this year if he were still with us. Uh, tell me, tell me more about that. Yeah, very special performance. Um, you know, we every 
everyone in the world wanted to celebrate this 100th anniversary of Charlie Parker and also the 100th anniversary of Dave Brubeck, which was doing a performance mm-hmm. uh, with the Brubeck brothers, Jerry Berganzi, and some film from the family, which would be really interesting. But uh, the, the, the bird is the bird thing is, uh, uh, you know, co, co-musical directors, Rude Rasmahapa, the, the uh, great alto player, and uh, Terry Lynn Carrington, a great drummer, put together a marvelous band to celebrate that music in their own way, you know, celebrating Bird's language and his presence and legacy, but uh, also his creativity and his forward thinking that they capture in their own way uh, on that performance. So uh, it, it'll, it'll be quite uh, engaging. And, and just, just before that, the uh, wonderful set with uh, Bob James and Eddie Daniels, mm-hmm. two longtime friends. And we're going to get to hear Bob James at a jazz festival, real jazz festival, going back to his roots as a hardcore and even avant-garde jazz pianist when mm-hmm. he was first getting started. I mean, these, these again, are, we really look to celebrate the core of real jazz, but also, um, you know, bring, offer artists a venue to present things that uh, you probably have never heard them present before, or maybe not for many, many, many years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also want to give you a chance to talk about the extent to which the Jazz Fest you know, connects with the youth community here in Detroit and all the work that you guys do to make sure not just that jazz survives through the next generation, but that the next generation gets to really enjoy and experience jazz the way, uh, you know, we always have here uh, in the city of Detroit. What's on tap for this year? Yeah, well, it was a challenge because of the challenges in schools. Mm-hmm. Many of them have not rehearsed bands, you know, for over a year now. Um, we did uh, we did cut out all um, high school and below uh, students from the festival itself because of the uh, dangers inherent to that particular community right now. Uh, but year-round, we've been uh, replacing our new jazz infusion program, which is supported by the Herb Family Foundation, um, with uh, video content and video workshops and virtual things to keep that going throughout the year and keep infusing our youth with um, ideas and support and, and trajectory. Um, also at the festival, we have, uh, uh, again, because many colleges didn't have uh, active uh, rehearsals and bands, we uh, put together uh, some of the finest university players from throughout the region. We went to all the universities and asked for their best players. We put together our great big band that's playing on Monday with uh, the great trumpeter Keon Harold in an all-star collegiate big band. And i got to tell you, this band is hot. It's all the upcoming Young Lions, and they are just phenomenal, mm-hmm. along with um, uh, the winner of our collegiate combo competition, uh, which is uh, presented by Bingham Legal and, uh, and Central Michigan University. Uh, it's a band called L-Stop from New York. University. We do a national competition every year and final runoffs uh, live here in Detroit, and the winner plays at the festival. So a really good uh, view of what's come from our year-round support of youth at different levels, and uh, the result is uh, just some stunning music, and I'm sure you'll be introduced to some new voices in the genre that you're going to want to follow after you hear these cats play. Yeah. Okay, Chris Collins, President and Artistic Director of the Detroit Jazz Festival. Always great to have you here with us on Detroit Today and always exciting this time of year, anticipating next week's uh, Jazz Fest. Thanks so much for joining us. Great, Steve. Thank you. Okay, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about an upcoming 
Opera at the Michigan Opera Theater. Blue explores issues of race and policing here in America, a subject we talk about an awful lot here on Detroit Today, but is something that is on lots of people's minds around the nation as well. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Detroit Today. 